0: Morning. I'm going to be asking you guys to do some things for me, okay? Just to warn you, I thought up front I would just tell you that I'm going to ask some questions and they're not rhetorical questions, okay? Hopefully, they're not extremely hard, but I need some answers, okay? The first question is this When you hear the word God, what Word comes to mind. Yeah, Josh. Holy, that's a good one. Love. Safe. Father. Big. Almighty. Yeah, Caleb. Glorious, that's a good one, especially from the song we just sang. Catherine. Creator. Jacob. Awesome. Mackenzie. Love, that's a good one. Dave? Yeah. Power. Great. Anybody else want to throw any more out? Great. Grace. Great. Oh, J- Daniel? Great. Pro. Daniel, everything's pro with Daniel at the moment. That's really pro, which means really great and good and yeah? That's pretty much the sentiment of it. When we think of God, we can sometimes come at lots of different directions. And I want to remind us this morning of one particular thing about God. And that is found in this really cool verse, 1 Timothy 6:15. It's actually half of 15 to half of 16, if that makes sense. But just in case you're looking it up, and it says this, God, the blessed and only ruler, the king of kings, And the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see. So this is where some comprehension is going to be required. So when we hear the word, the blessed and only ruler, do people want to, can someone put that in their own words for me? Daniel? Cool, that's a good one. The only king in the world? Josh. The All Father. Okay, when we think of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, what is that telling us? Yeah, there's no one above him. Who alone is immortal? Okay, what's that about? Catherine. Well, that's what I'm trying to find out. Caleb, do you know what immortal means? Lives forever. That's a, really, so that's a really good way of explaining it. And who, this is a hard one. Who lives in unapproachable light? What on earth is that about? Oh, Daniel. You can't reach him? Any other thoughts? You go there, you die. Yeah. Reminds you of the sun. You know, the close, the sun is so bright that if you go near it, you pretty much are dead, <laughs> whom no one has seen. Oh, sorry, Christy. Oh, Christy. Yeah, Christy. Just sort in our world, that's the way that it is. Who no one has seen or can see. What do you think that's trying to tell us? Yeah, we don't have the capacity. That's a good one. Of, that's a really good way of looking at it. Yeah, faith. So if you're going to sum up what this is telling us about God, I told you there's questions. This is the last one for a while, okay? We're going to sum up what this verse is trying to tell us about God. What would you say? He's far greater than you can ever imagine. That's really good. Does anybody want to add anything else? Yeah, there's none other like him. Because this verse, as you guys have said, is telling us, There is absolutely no one that compares to God. Not only does no one compare to God, but if you're talking about awesomeness in the true sense of the word, not just, hey, you're awesome, or everything's awesome as the Lego movie tells us, God is actually awesome. He's awe-inspiring. He is the king of kings. There is no one that is above him. He's so holy, he's so perfect, he's so clean and pure that we cannot even approach him. That is who God is. And I think we sometimes forget that. That our God, when we say the word God, that is what we're actually talking about. We're actually talking about someone that is so holy that is so pure, that is so just, that is so awe-inspiring, that we should just, and in the Old Testament they did, tremble at his very name. They didn't even say the name God because they were so in awe of who he was, of who he is, because God doesn't change. This is another verse that tells us about God that's found in Isaiah. Isaiah. It tells us, Did you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. Everything that we see in nature was created and was created by God. Ourselves, we, were created by God. So when we talk about God, we're actually talking about someone who has our hands, our lives in his very hands. The reason that we, you all woke up this morning was because God gave you the ability to. The reason that we breathe and then we breathe again and then we breathe again, as one of the Psalms tells us, is because God gave us the ability to. And what I want us to do this morning is just to stop and remember that that is who God is. I often, when even people just am talking to me, all of a sudden I'll put into conversation a song because yeah, Matt's laughing because he knows. And it'll be random and he's like, what? And I'm like, oh, sorry, that just reminded me of some song. Um, normally it's a Stephen Curtis Chapman song. I think Kelly just said that Stephen Curtis... This one is not. I have this saying that says, everything that you want to talk about, I can come up with a Stephen Curtis Chapman, who's a Christian singer, song that relates to it, which I probably could, but in this one, I went with a non-Stephen Curtis Chapman song. But I want us just to stop and listen to this song. It's a song you all know. It's called How Great There Art. And I want you just to stop... And close your eyes if you want to or look at the words and the person singing and just remember our God is great, he's holy, he's perfect. We cannot forget that our God is holy, he's perfect, he's righteous, he is the name that is above every name, he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords, how great he is. And sometimes we think that is an Old Testament concept. We think, oh, we don't really need to remember that God is great and holy and awesome because we now are living in the New Covenant. That's an Old Testament thing. But did anybody see where that verse that told us that God is the, you know, God, the um, one who alone is immortal and lives in an approachable light, did anybody look and see where that verses came from? Anybody can tell me? In Timothy. And where's Timothy written? New Testament. So it's a New Testament concept because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I think we sometimes forget how holy our God is. And I think when we do this, we, do, we give Him, or we do Him a, a disservice because we don't fully remember who He truly is. If anybody knows how great they are very well, you would know there's four verses Carrie Underwood, who was the person singing, only sang two of them. Does anybody know the other two verses? One of them talks about, like, walking in a forest of a glade by, like, and hearing birds sing, and I'm not getting the words right, but, you know, birds singing, um, and I see, you know, well, as I'm in God's creation, I see how great he is. And then the, thir- then the next verse says this. And when I think of God, his son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in. That on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sins. Now, I'm sure some of you are like, yes, now you're getting to grace and love and all that kind of stuff. And that's much better to be talking about than the awesomeness and holiness of God, because that's, we don't want to think about that. But the two actually go together. And to actually truly get the grace that we've been given, to truly get the love that we have been shown, we cannot forget how awesome, in the true sense of the word, how holy our God is. Because when we do, we water down the grace that's been given to us. We get told in Galatians four five four and 5, when, but when the right time came... God sent His Son into the world. A woman gave birth to Him, and He came under the control of the laws given to Moses. Now, what does that mean? What is it talking about when He gave Him? He gave under the control of the law given to Moses. Anybody want to hazard a guess? Yeah, it was a Jew, and up until that point, everybody was under the law of Moses. The Ten Commandments, and that was how you became correct in God's sight, was by keeping the law and offering sacrifices. And that was the law that Jesus came under. Um, God sent him to pay for the freedom of those who were controlled by these laws, and that's pretty much us, so that we would be adopted as his children. We sometimes think that Jesus did this. And I know that Jesus and God are one of the same But the holy, awesome God was the one who chose to come to earth to lower himself so that we could become his children. John 1, 3 to 1 tells us, See how great the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. John 15:15 15, 15 tells us I don't call you this is Jesus speaking. I don't call you servants anymore because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends because I've made known to you everything that I've heard from my Father. How fantastic is it that God calls us his friend. That we are actually his children. And we are children not of just a loving God, but of a holy one, of a just one, a one that is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who actually created everything, which, of course, reminds me of another song. There are verses that go with that song, but I decided just to shorten it down and just go for the three choruses that they sing. But isn't that fantastic news? That My best friend is the creator of the universe. It doesn't get much better than that. And I have had to be reminded of this because sometimes we can just feel so just tired and down about life and think, boy, this life is really not the life in all its fullness that God desires it to be. But when we think that our best friend is the creator of the universe, how can we not be happy about that? How can we not say, how fantastic of the love that God's given me, the grace that God's shown me? How can we not say, boy, God, you are so worth giving praise to, you are so worth honouring, because you are just such a loving and gracious God? But I've met people, and sometimes during, even in the same day, I can focus on God being awesome and holy. And I can think, boy, God, you are just so awesome and holy and who am I that you are mindful of me? And I am just in awe and sometimes a bit fearful because of your holiness. And other times I can be like, yeah, God, is so fantastic. He's my best friend. He loves me, shows me grace. It's just awesome in the Today's version of awesome, not the God version of awesome, but a bit of both. And I think we sometimes pick and choose which one we think God is. And we sometimes have a theology that says, my God is a loving and gracious God, and we forget his holiness. Or we focus on the fact that God is holy and the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and we forget about his love and grace. But if we separate it like that, I think it really grieves the heart of God because he says, I am both. I am holy. I am awesome. I am the king of kings. I am the only one who's immortal, who lives in unapproachable light. And I am the one who loves you and shows you grace and shows you mercy and walks beside you and answers your prayers. The two cannot be separated. Because the only reason that we can know God is because of His grace and mercy. The only reason He can be the one to offer us grace and mercy is because He's holy and God and pure and righteous. If He wasn't, we'd have to be saved some other way. So the two actually have to go together. If anybody in my family was here, they would tell you that it's the tyranny of the or and the genius of the and which probably makes no sense to you. But my dad, who um, was my pastor for quite some time, used to use this phrase a lot, which he read somewhere else. It's actually a business term. But basically what it means is we so often want to separate things. We say we are loving or we are judgmental. We cannot have the two together. But God actually says we can. God says you cannot use all with me, you have to use and. I am the judge and I am loving. I am merciful and I'm holy. We cannot separate the two. And when we do, we miss the joy and the freedom that comes from knowing God. Because when we separate the two, we forget the power that is in the love of God. We say God loves me. But the power in the fact that God loves you is not just that he loves you, but the holy, pure King of kings and Lord of lords, the one who created everything, is the one who loves me and loves you. And when we only think of God as a holy and and awesome and King of kings and Lord of lords, then we forget his mercy and his grace. And his love. And it means that how we act is out of duty, not out of desire to follow him. So when we hold the two and think of it as one as the other, we miss the joy and freedom that comes with both. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in an approachable light, who no one has seen. Or can see see what the great what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God and that is what we are both of those verses are found in exactly the same Bible and so to focus on one and not on the other as I said is not the way God desires it to be and that 's because you miss the greatness of it because the greatness of God is found in his holy and perfect God, loving and showing mercy and being our best friend. So, what do you do when you like songs and you've had two songs in your message, but to put them together? <laughs> now, that didn't quite work, did it? Didn't quite go so naturally together. Um, And that is sometimes what happens. And especially those who don't have faith can sometimes go, how do those two things fit together? How does a God who is a God who judges, a God who is black and white about some things, be merciful and loving? How can God who lives in unapproachable light, Be your best friend. How does that all make sense? It's a bit jarring to our senses. And so because of that, I think even as Christians, we lean towards one way or the other and we go, oh, I'm going to sort of forget that God's holy most of the time and focus on the fact that he is a loving and gracious God. Or I don't know how loving and gracious God really is because all I can see is His holiness and His awesomeness and the King of kings and Lord of lords. But that is the beauty of the cross. And that is the beauty of the gospel that we have and know is that a holy and mighty God lowered Himself, became one of us, so that His holiness could lead us to Him and not separate us from Him. Because without Jesus... We have a holy and awesome God who created us and that we should be in awe of. But with Jesus, we have an awesome and holy God who we should be in awe of, who knows us, who we can know, who loves us, that we can say is our best friend. And the two only fit together because of the cross. But if we only look one side of the cross and the other, we get forget and we don't get the power that's in the cross. The power in what Jesus has done. And that is what I felt like God was saying to me the last couple of weeks and the thing that I felt like God wanted me to tell you guys. We can't separate the two because if we do, we miss out. We miss out on how great, how joyous, how much freedom there is in our relationship with God. Because the freedom comes because God, who is holy, who is merciful, that those two things actually fit together. So today I want to encourage you guys that this week to just think when you're praying, when you're reading your Bible, when you're talking to people, do I have a leaning one way or the other? Do I need to remember that God is holy? Or do I need to remember that God is gracious and not see them as a one or the other, but remember that the joy and freedom comes when we remember that they are together? And that is where we should be joyous about, is because the holy and awesome God came to earth so that we could know Him, not because He came less holy. God didn't change the amount of holiness he was from the Old Testament to the New Testament. God is the same. It's just now we get to know him. Now we get to have a relationship with him. Now we get to say, my best friend is the creator of the universe and know that that is true and know that that's real. Let me pray. God, I'm just so thankful. And this week you've reminded me, God, that's really what it's about that our best friend is the creator of the universe, God. And I really want to pray that we as a church and each person here, God, will just remember that and not separate the two, God, but remember that you being holy, being the King of kings, being the Lord of lords, are loving and gracious and merciful towards us. And that's only because of the cross. So I want to thank you, God. I want to thank you that you, being who you've always been, so wanted to know us that you made a way, not by changing yourself, but by sending your Son so that we can know you. Amen.